Welcome to Wild Health Podcasts. I'm Jeremy Nibbs, publisher at Medical Republic, and it's Wednesday, August 12. When we talk about digital transformation in health, the terms cloud exchange, data centre, and co-location provider are increasingly part of the conversation. Equinix is a company that not many people in Australian digital health had heard of a few years ago. But as a peak provider of such services, increasingly what Equinix does is becoming part of the conversation wherever there is a major need to store and process large loads of data, such as in cancer research or in pathology and imaging. Today, we're talking to the Managing Director of Equinix Australia, Guy Danskeen. Thanks for taking the time today to come on Wild Health Podcast, Guy. Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for inviting me on. Guy, your predecessor, Jeremy, was very articulate, but I don't think I really started to properly understand just what Equinix did until about the third time he explained it to me. You're some mix of cloud provider, data center, master connector of big entry points into the internet. Are you able to explain what you do in one sentence? Um, yeah, so look, Equinix is a data center and uh, interconnection provider. Um, and essentially what we do is we connect uh, producers and consumers together through our digital infrastructure platform. Where did Equinix come from? What What's the backstory on Equinix? Yeah, look, that's a really good question. And Jeremy, as you said in the opening, uh, you know, not many uh, folks have heard of us. Uh, we've actually been operating in Australia for 20 years. Um, so we started here in uh, 2000. And, uh, and globally, we've been operating since 1998. Uh, the backstory is actually really interesting. Uh, our founders used to work in data centres in the mid-90s, and they foresaw a need for kind of neutral points where uh, networks could kind of come together and exchange traffic. And so they created two, two positions, one on the east coast of the US, one on the west coast. Um, and the name Equinex, Equi, means you know, equal, uh, NI, uh, neutral, and then IX is internet exchange. Uh, so that's where the name comes from, Equinex. Um, and so essentially, uh, all the networks started to you know, leverage our services, and then we grew um, you know, slowly around the world. And then what happened is other communities of interest also wanted to leverage that neutral meeting point. And so we saw banks connecting to stock exchanges as one example. Uh, we saw cloud providers with the need to connect to networks and to their you know, end customers. And we've seen content providers uh, need to use networks to get to their uh, users more efficiently, guys like Facebook and Netflix and Yahoo and others. So it's been a really interesting journey over the last 20 years, but that's, that's kind of what, what brings us here today. And the healthcare system, in a way, is no different. Again, we're trying to create, we're trying to connect producers to consumers, um, and and drive that kind of benefit for for everybody that's part of the uh, part of the platform. There's something about you that where you sit over the top of um, large connections, where you are connecting major cloud providers. So you connect Google and Amazon, and in in a center where you sit, you're able to connect directly into those large cloud providers and a whole lot of other important services. Can you give us a sense of the ecosystem and where Equinix sits in that ecosystem? Yeah, absolutely. So so what you're really referring to is the kind of advent of cloud computing and uh, how we connect all that together. And so about five or six years ago, we uh, constructed a product called Equinix Cloud Exchange. And essentially that now has become uh, a cluster of 2000, over, over 2,900 cloud providers around the world that we can connect any customers to wherever they join our platform. So for example, if you are in Sydney, but you wanted to connect to some um, Amazon web services in Singapore, then you're able to do that over our cloud exchange product. Um, and you can do that across all the major cloud providers, right down to the kind of smaller niche uh, cloud providers that people may not be aware of. 
So there are cloud providers, data center providers, um, there's, near, uh, there's near-premise providers. Why would a um, large data provider in healthcare uh, and someone who's processing lots of data in healthcare, why should they be interested in you over all those other services that exist in this ecosystem? Yeah, look, so, so health is definitely an area of focus for us because we believe there are some real advantages we can unlock uh, for the industry. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, we're in a time right now where that is only becoming to the fore even more with COVID-19. And the, the ability uh, and the need to interconnect uh, counterparties inside the healthcare system is greater than ever before. Um, and so as healthcare providers and, and, uh, and others, other participants, uh, have the need for you know, being able to use multiple cloud providers, and maybe that's for services like database or analytics that you've already referred to, but have a need to potentially uh, locate some of their compute or storage in a certain location, maybe for data sovereignty requirements, then uh, that's really when Equinix can play a significant role. Guy, do you have any competitors in Australia who do the sort of high-end connection stuff that Equinix does? Um, yeah, look, uh, our industry has been fortunate that, you know, with the kind of tailwinds of technology over the last few years that, um, you know, th- there's, uh, you know, there's definitely a, a rising landscape, uh, not only in Australia, but globally. Um, but, you know, where Equinix really creates uh, a difference is that we have the cloud exchange product that I described earlier. We have this platform of physical data centers, um, which is, you know, more than $20 billion in, in investment over our 20 year history. Um, and then we have emerging uh, products coming out as well. And you can buy all of that and connect all of that in one location globally. Um, so I think we've got over 210 facilities around the world. Um, so having that ability to do that globally at scale of one provider, we feel is, uh, is actually very unique. So could you give us an example of the, a type of healthcare company that is doing so much data storage analysis work that would need the complexity of what Equinix offers? In the market yeah yeah so any of the large biotech firms that you know certainly working through large um, data sets uh, and there's there's many of those around the world um, but, you know a particular example i could draw your attention to is a small healthcare provider in the us called centara um, and what they've actually done is uh, utilizing um, what equinex provides as well as uh, some of the cloud providers they partner with is they've taken their uh, patient record, uh, the number of systems that their patient records were, were located on, from 22 down to one. So they managed to really simplify and centralize their business model, which has enabled kind of faster connection to you know, hospitals and, and their patients, resulting in better patient outcomes. Another really interesting thing that, 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 that those guys are doing is they've actually uh, put the Alexa kind of personal assistant in some patient rooms um, which enables kind of patients to interact in the room with Alexa, uh, and that's resulting also in, in kind of greater, um, uh, you know, greater satisfaction with those uh, patients. Can you do a little bit of a 101 for us on these terms for um, any healthcare CEO or IT uh, specifiers out there in healthcare? Um, the terms being on-premise, near-premise, hybrid cloud, and multi-cloud. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a kind of common question, Jeremy, and that's not just in healthcare. Uh, there, there is a there's an array of nomenclature out there that, uh, frankly, uh, you know, fully understand can be confusing. Essentially, when we talk about on-premise, we're talking about having your physical uh, infrastructure sitting in either in the building that you are located in or in close proximity to. So potentially think about a business park, office building, um, you know, that kind of thing. 
When we talk about near-premise, that's something that you know is close to you, but not 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 nearby. Um, not generally used as, as widely. And then as we go into hybrid and multi-cloud, essentially hybrid cloud is having a mix of on-premise infrastructure that has uh, connectivity to uh, cloud providers or maybe multiple cloud providers. Uh, and healthcare is an excellent example of this. Uh, you know, you may need your patient records uh, for data sovereignty requirements to be located in a fixed area, potentially a state or a country, um, but that provider may want to use, say, for example, analytics uh, that one of the cloud providers can offer. And so having the patient records on site um, so that you're you know, observant and compliant with regulation and then using the cloud provider to you know, run the analytics and then bring those bring those tool sets down and, and, and you know, utilize the outcomes that uh, have come from that. And then the last one you said was multi-cloud, and that, that one's simpler. Uh, that, that's really just, we're seeing so many of our customers, not just in healthcare, who want to use a certain cloud provider for a certain workload. So for example, Oracle for, for database is a really good example, uh, but they want to use Microsoft Azure for potentially some of their office applications and maybe Google for analytics. And so all of these enterprises now are building these multi-cloud architectures um, and figuring out the best way to connect it all together. And again, that's where we feel Equinix really plays a significant role. Guy, say I'm a IT, uh, I'm the IT head of a large genomic lab and the, and the research head has come to me and he needs to, he needs to move uh, into, into the cloud uh, to do more sophisticated stuff and I've got a legacy set up. Or say I'm in a big path lab and and I've got lots of in-house servers and I want to I want to examine what efficiencies I can get by moving to sort of more transformational cloud setups. What are the first steps I can take towards that journey? Because I understand it can be quite a complicated journey, especially if you your economics are towards capital expenditure and amortizing your capital costs. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot there, Jeremy. But I think you know the first thing we always say to our customers is, you know, profile the workloads that you're looking at transforming, to use your term, um, and you know what are the characteristics that you're really trying to achieve from that workload? Is it a you know reduction in cost? Is it an increase in efficiency? You know, do you need those applications to be widely available globally? Do they need to be uh, re replicable? Is in a you know, potentially a database? Um, so once you kind of work through all that and you figure out which workloads you want to go where, you know, genomics uh, that, you, uh, that you detailed, really great example of a workload that would benefit from the flexibility and scale of cloud computing. Uh, frankly, a lot of what we're seeing right now wouldn't be possible without that, um, without the advent of, of cloud computing. It's really been hugely beneficial for workloads that require very intense, uh, very high, uh, very highly available and scalable requirements, but for a shorter period of time. Um, so we have a saying at, at Equinix uh, that's been going for a while, which is we talk about own the base, rent the spike. And what we mean by that is not all workloads are necessarily designed to be in the cloud. You may have uh, storage is a very good example of a very static, consistent, um, repeatable workload that potentially could work just as well on um, you know, some hardware deployed in a facility like Equinix, um, but you may use some of the records on that storage to you know, perform some analytics, et cetera, in the cloud. And so um, that, that's what we encourage customers to do. That's not necessarily something we provide um, you know, detailed advice on, but um, yeah, once, once they've kind of worked through that part of the journey, then that makes it significantly easier. 
So what about the many people are have have started on their cloud journey and and they have some they might be in a data center or they might be they might be storing a lot of their stuff on the cloud so they might be halfway there what what's really on the horizon do you think for these people where what should they be looking at in terms of what their next steps are for greater efficiency in terms of managing their data and and doing much um, more sophisticated storage and analytics for better efficiency I think uh, I think the main thing we we say to our customers and partners is to just maintain as much flexibility as you can. Um, you know, we're not seeing many customers these days go all in with one cloud provider. There's generally a need for multi-cloud, and we encourage them to maintain that flexibility. Providers that you want to use today, you may not need a year or two from now, um, and then providers that may not exist today or you're not even aware of, you may need two years from now. So. Um, that, that's probably the main advice we give our customers is, you know, build, build a, a platform that gives you that flexibility to move, uh, you know, shift workloads as, as needed. Okay. And finally, I've got this question. You've literally started internally hooking up major cloud providers so they talk to each other. And I know we've seen some examples of some research institutes now having each of them, like having a Microsoft talk to an Amazon, talk to a Google Cloud provider and, and swapping apps. Do you think there's going to be a day in the not too distant future where cloud providers talk to each other, um, like banks and travel agents talk between each other? Yeah, look, uh, Jeremy, we're already starting to, to see that. Uh, you know, So um, Oracle and Microsoft about a year ago announced that they were going to have a level of uh, interconnection between them. Um, and, and that's something that we were, we were involved in. Um, but yeah, absolutely. The, the, other, the other components that you can see is that uh, Google recently re- uh, introduced a product called Anthos uh, and Microsoft have introduced something similar called Arc, which is essentially to say, uh, you know, it's something you can use to move workloads from on-premise to a cloud provider. Obviously, you know, they would like you to use their particular cloud service, but it doesn't have to be. Um, and the idea there is that you write that code once and then it's uh, easily portable and, and uh, easy to migrate to other providers or back to your on-premise environment. Um, so those cloud providers are, are definitely already there and that's certainly a big push for. Thanks for taking the time today to come on Wild Health Podcast, Guy. If you're interested in what Equinix does in healthcare, you don't want to miss this week's Wild Health webinar. The webinar features experts such as Associate Professor Mark Cowley from the Children's Cancer Institute of Australia, describing how they have used cloud and multi-cloud setups to collaborate on very large-scale data sharing globally. That's this Thursday at 11am Eastern Standard Time. You can register for free at wildhealth.net.au or use the link embedded in the article on this podcast. See you next time.